This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. It's October 2021 and from the 31st of October to the 12th of November, COP26 is being held in Glasgow. Uh, This is the UN's 26th climate change conference um, and academics have estimated that between 200 million and 1 billion climate migrants will be in existence by 2050. It's brilliant to be able to welcome Maria Patsalos, a partner at Mishkondorea, and Becca Hurd, an associate at Mishkondorea, to talk about this very important issue, climate migration. Now, before we get into all of the issues around climate migration, um, you both work in immigration law. Perhaps you could just start by giving our listeners um, an overview of what we mean by immigration law in this area. Maria, can I come to you first? Yes, thank you for the introduction, Fran. Um, And thank you for hosting us as well. Immigration is actually far more wide and broad than people might think uh, in the first instance. We do a complete variety of work for everything from student visas, uh, skilled worker visas, all the way up to the high net worth visas, which are kind of investors, entrepreneurs, etc. And we also do everything in between family visas, European applications, etc. In addition, we do complex human rights applications, including claims for asylum. Um, and so every day is completely different, as it were. It's, it's a really fascinating area of law because it changes constantly. It's obviously very political. It's on the front pages and, and we love it. But I'll let uh, Becca talk about the kinds of clients that we have at Michigan. Thanks, Maria, and thanks, Fran, for that lovely introduction. Um, As Maria said, we've got a kind of a wide variety um, of clients from entrepreneurs to high net worth individuals to businesses. And we also do some really interesting stuff alongside that. So Mishcon has recently set up a purpose group, which looks to kind of benefit society alongside the kind of legal work that we do. We also uh, have worked recently to draft a response um, to the government's call for evidence in relation to the Human Rights Act, um, and more recently have been working to get female judges out of Afghanistan in light of the Taliban's rules. So we do a really, really wide range of stuff in the immigration team, and it's certainly not just visa applications. Wow, it is a really varied area, isn't it? And the work that you're doing sounds incredibly um, varied and worthwhile as well, you know, hearing about the work you're doing with um, female judges in Afghanistan. Um, okay, so in terms of uh, the Michigan immigration team, um, part of your focus at the moment is around climate migration. So let's let's move on to have a little chat about that. So perhaps you could help our listeners. Um, what do we mean by, by climate migration? That's a really tricky question, even in its in of itself, uh, sadly, because it, it's it's the, the definition of climate migration is contentious, but effectively it's the displacement of people who leave their homes as a result of environmental disruption. Um, but but it, as I said, it is tricky because. Uh, There are lots of negative connotations surrounding uh, potential use of climate refugee, etc. But but also uh, a lot of the time 
these climate migrants are actually moving within their own countries. So it's kind of displacement rather than migration. And, and the migrants themselves often wouldn't want to be called climate migrants because they, they, they want to have some sort of sense of free will in their choices. It, it, it's a real tricky one. Uh, and in fact, um, there's not much uh, evidence or facts surrounding this whole issue, which is why it's so interesting for us at Michigan to, to look into it. We, we actually wrote to the Home Office and asked for some stats um, uh, under a Freedom of Information request. And, and to our shock, there are no stats because nothing is being recorded. Uh, there's no evidence as to any um, uh, people moving to the UK for, for reasons of, of, of climate issues. It's just not one of the questions they ask. So, so the lack of information is, is really shocking. I think the point about um, definition of, of climate migration is a really interesting one. And it is one that um, we at Mishcon, um, and particularly with the Climate Migration Project that, that we launched earlier this year, are, are looking into. There is no internationally applied definition. The term environmental refugee was initially rejected by the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees because the term refugee is a legal term that really in and of itself should only be reserved for those protected under the 1951 Geneva Convention. Some of you may know that the definition of a refugee extends to a person who has a, a well-founded fear of persecution for reasons such as race, religion, nationality, or, or membership of a particular social group. And so there are lots of issues with attributing climate migrants and, and those who move as a result as, as a result of changes to the climate is it difficult to fit them into that def definition for a couple of reasons, namely because natural disasters don't discriminate and this is kind of an integral part of the feature of the refugee definition but it, but it's also difficult to identify a persecutor in the environmental context so in terms of what Mishcon are doing we're speaking at the moment with um, a variety of academics and trying to come together to see how we can further the definition and kind of further the cause of climate migration by by trying to think about how we can best define it so that we can rally around the cause going forward. Wow, it's a really important area and it strikes me one being at the very cutting edge of, of legal developments as well. Um, but, but more than that, it's something that um, is deeply rooted in social justice. Um, could you perhaps explain for our listeners why it's important for lawyers who are interested in social justice to also be discussing um, climate displacement or migration um, as well alongside that? Absolutely. Um, the question as to why climate migration is an issue that lawyers should particularly be interested in um, is a really interesting one. I think in, in many parts of the law, we recognize that vulnerable individuals and, and their communities require protection, um, both domestically and on an international scale. But there's been a real kind of lack of coordinated legal responses to the issue um, of climate migration. Um, it's not only a legal response, but it's also a political response, which, which Maria will talk about in a minute, I think, in, in relation to COP26. Alongside the recognition that people who are forced to move as a result of changes to climate, it's also clearly a topic that's going to affect us all going forward. Um, there were the floods in Germany earlier this year, which killed over 200 people, wildfires in California, flooding in Sudan. Um, this really is an issue that's going to affect everyone. 
I completely agree with with what Becca said, and and in fact, governments have been incredibly slow to act uh, in relation to um, this issue, in particular in the global north. Uh, and it's likely to continue to disproportionately affect those uh, in, in the global south, sadly, those with unstable politics and economic circumstances, and, as well as social issues. Um, and, and so it's really, really important. And what's really surprising is, I don't know if the listeners have had a chance to look at the agenda for COP26 yet, but it's, it's really not front and center. Uh, and it's surprising to us at Michigan and the Climate Migration Project that it's still seen as a bit of a side issue uh, when we've got these amazing stats that, that you mentioned at the beginning, Fran, in relation to 200 million climate migrants by 2050. These are astonishing figures. And yet at COP, the biggest climate conference, climate migration there's only a few small events surrounding it and nothing in a major way so it's really quite shocking that this is something that is not on on the political agenda in the most prominent way yet absolutely um and that's that's incredibly shocking um there and we'll try and put the um link to the cop agenda in the show notes for listeners if they want to to have a look and see your point um played out there um, so we've covered quite a few interesting legal developments in this area already, certainly in terms of the definition. Um, are there any other legal developments that you wanted to mention today? There's been some really, really interesting strategic litigation going on um, over the past few years um, at both kind of a European um, supranational level and also at a more domestic level. So I'll, I'll, I'll just talk briefly, if, if you don't mind, about two different cases that I, I think would be really interesting for listeners to hear about. So the first is the um, is in the European Court of Human Rights. They um, have fast-tracked a climate case against 33 European states. Um, this was brought by six Portuguese youth activists who are particularly concerned about the effects of, um, of climate change on, on their futures, as many young people are. Um, their complaint, which was filed, um, was centres on the rising threat which climate change poses to their lives and to their physical and mental well-being. And if successful, the defendant countries will be legally bound not only to ramp up emissions cuts, but to also tackle overseas contributions to climate change, including those of the multinational enterprises um, in those countries. Now, the teeth that that decision will have um, remains to be seen, but it is really interesting that the European Court of Human Rights has fast-tracked this claim. On a slightly more domestic level, um, earlier this year, a domestic court in France, in Bordeaux, um, confirmed a Bangladeshi man's residence permit renewal on the basis that his home country of Bangladesh um, was effectively declared unsafe in terms of the levels of air pollution, which meant that it was unsafe to send him back. This was a very particular set of circumstances where, um, where the individual had severe asthma, um, but the, his lawyers put in evidence um, that showed that the level of air pollution there was so severe um, that, that he couldn't return. And, and that, was, that was approved by the Bordeaux court. So it's really interesting to see that at all levels, climate is featuring in legislation. And um, we're really interested at Mishcon in um, thinking about bringing... Um, and assisting those who bring strategic litigation um, in this space. So, so, so definitely watch this space because there'll be some, some interesting stuff coming up. Fascinating. And it's, it's brilliant that Mishcon are able to get involved in this, in this work. 
Um, so thinking about our listeners who might not yet have entered the legal profession, um, can you think of any ways that they can get involved if they want to do positive actions or contribute to the debate in any way? Yeah, absolutely. I think the number one thing is that everyone should try and educate themselves on the issue. Uh, As as the saying goes, knowledge is power. And at the moment, uh, there's simply not not enough knowledge on this topic. And and we are trying to change that. We are uh, going to be producing a podcast specifically on climate migration. Um, So please do listen to that. Uh, I'm sure, uh, Fran, you can help Um, circulate details of that once we're up and running. Um, We also have a a very detailed article that we've just released, which um, I think Fran will send the link to. Uh, And and that really kind of sums up uh, the the complex issues surrounding climate migration, which we've touched upon today. Um, But but really, I think the very first step is knowledge. Uh, Becca, did you have something you wanted to add as well? Yeah, I think just more broadly, you can, you know, once you've you've had a look and, and had a read and educated yourselves, you can also talk to your families and friends and, and colleagues about the issue. It's one that really needs to be higher up, you know, on everyone's agenda. Um, you can also, you know, do do the, the ordinary stuff of putting pressure on your MP to make this a priority um, and can also support refugee led organisations by by volunteering or donating. Um, as we've said before, it's very difficult to um, extrapolate the issue of climate migration from lots of other issues that are faced by um, refugees in particular. Um, you can't disassociate the, the climate often from the issues of, of social, political um, and economic instability in, in lots of reason, regions. So any support that, that you can give to refugee organisations um, will also greatly help the issue. Um, it's fascinating and, and there's there's lots there that people can get involved with and and it strikes me actually that there's lots that people can get involved with that doesn't necessarily feel like formal work experience or legal experience but that they can do off their own back you know such as writing to, to your MP or, or or trying to volunteer with a refugee organization so um so thanks Becca brilliant okay um well we always try to leave our episodes with some practical actions that our listeners um can do um, and there's two that strike me and, and Maria and Becca if you can think of any others then you know please please do add on um, first of all I'd encourage everybody to visit the COP26 website have a look at it get involved in it make sure that when you see this on the media um, you're engaged and you understand the issues that are being discussed and of course as Maria says the issues that aren't being discussed as well um, and, and secondly perhaps take a look on the Mishkondorea website Um, at their climate migration project and have a read around some of the documents. There's some links on the website to further reading as well um, to try and educate yourself on the the issue. Again, like Becca and Maria have been been recommending. Thank you so much, Becca and Maria, for joining us. Um, It's been a really fascinating um, episode. I've certainly learned a lot. And we'll make sure that we put the relevant links that we've discussed in the show notes. Um, And then as soon as the podcast on climate migration is released, We'll also put the link to that in the show notes um, on this podcast platform. Thanks ever so much for joining us on Reimagine Law. 